Thomas Carruthers and my oh, oh. a little bit there, didn't it? Hello. <laughs> Hello. And now a bit of a bonus episode today. Uh, uh, I don't know whether to call it other notable productions or like I did with the company, but company second episode, or to call it Follies in Concert 1985. I'll we'll see how much we talk about the other ones. Um, because we're mainly going to be talking today about the 1985. In concert, uh, follies in concert, and the and the documentary that was made uh, for the release of that, because as as Will found out, and as and as I already knew, when you listen to that original Broadway, did you listen to the original Broadway album before you watched the National Theatre, Will, or did you listen to it after the fact? Before, before. Mm. So you'll so yeah 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 yeah, and it's it's an hour long, and it's truncated, and songs are missing, certain verses from songs are missing. Even at points, there are songs that are slightly, like slightly faster, um, and it's just, it's just a. It, I can't say bastardized recording because that's not true, but it seriously, seriously truncated, um, and it was a thing of vinyl of the time. You know, it had to literally be fit perfectly, or else the grooves would mm-hmm. be too close together, and in it, and it would warp, and all that sort of thing. And so when it came to 1985, they wanted an official recording. And the only way to fund that sort of thing would be to get the New York Philharmonic Orchestra and to stage it as a concert, tickets and all that sort of thing and make it, or was it a benefit? I don't, I don't actually know. Um, but um, yeah, but before we get there, a uh, couple of notes on the original production that I just have left over and I don't know, I don't know why. Okay. I don't know why they're here. Um, Oh, actually, I only have one. And I think this can sort of lead into our talking about the Follies in Concert of 1985, because the 1985 concert, they sort of made it quite age-blind. They didn't really... um, Specifically in the realm of the four leads. Yeah, uh, specifically with Mandy (laughs) Patinkin. Yes. (laughs) Because I think sometimes being very nice with Barbara Cook, because he's like... Because he talks about how... Specifically, he's being nice with George Hearn and Barbara Cook because he says, Mandy's too young to play the role. Lee is too young to play the role. And then I think he wants to be nice. And so he's like, and George and Barbara too, maybe are a little bit too young to play the roles. And I go, 
no, they're not, but you're being lovely. Um, specifically, Mandy Patinkin, yeah, but here's a Martin Godfrey in Woman's Weekly. He says that this was about the original production, that the casting could have been seen as cruel. The audience knows these people from its own past, remembers their faces from a performing youth. Now they are aging and we see them ahead. And Follies is about aging and age. In a sense, these actors are being used as people rather than performers. Um, now, in a whole production, that sort of notion can be very easily uh, questioned and thrown out because that's, you know, it's just not feasible hmm. uh, to, to um, just cast faded stars. That's just for um, commercial viability. That's just not Andrew feasible. Lloyd. I say, oh. <laughs> Do you remember when Nicole Scherzinger was Andrew Lloyd Webber's muse for a while? It was quite good, actually. She was rather excellent. Um, probably the best memory I've ever... No, it's got to be Elaine. But it was very good. Yeah, it was very good. I also enjoyed her Don't You Cry For Me, Argentina. Um, didn't she also sing Phantom of the Opera at some Andrew yes. Lloyd Webber gala as well? Yeah. I've been watching Mandy and... Um, Patty. Oh, um, Benedette Peters. No, the other one. The, the big pa one. Patty Lapone. Patty Lapone. Oh, and Evita. Yeah, I've been oh, watching yes. that one. Oh. <laughs> nice <laughs> arroli! <laughs> same brain. Exact same brain. Exact same brain. Um, I listened to the original Broadway cast album with Patty Lapone and Bob Gunton for years before seeing that clip. And obviously, Shawshank Redemption is my favourite film. And the minute I watched that video and went, is that Warden Norton? And <laughs> it was this most bizarre. It doesn't matter what those morons say. Nations leader. I've told you about the story of my ex thinking that the line was, <coughs> um, "Where you'll yeah. be handed power," because Madonna just doesn't really enunciate it. But then you watch Patty on that tone of performance, and it's, "We'll." Oh, she just really makes it very clear. Um, in, the, in the comments on that clip on YouTube, it's like, oh, at 2.15, it's so clever because Evita nearly slips her whole plan when she says, will and, and you'll. And yeah. it's so so cleverly done. <laughs> like, what do you think of Mandy as Che? I, um, one minute, one minute. I'm going to put a pin in this. Is there a world where we could do... What we're done here with Sundown for Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. There is, but also there's a lot more shit to get through. Yeah, and I think it'll either be really fun or really agonising. Yeah, it's like, and, and, and because for me, the Phantom of the Opera movie has some great, great yeah. stuff. And there are scenes where I'm like, notes, for instance, into Prima Dog, even the opening, um, over you know the changing of the theatre yeah. there are moments masquerade is very good masquerade great there are moments where i go oh no this is the best a phantom of the opera film could ever be and then it's over now <laughs> the music. who's worse gerard butler in that in that role of phantom or russell crowe as javert um russell crowe as javert no, I disagree. I think really? I think it's adamantly Gerard. <laughs> I think because I, I 
because he's playing the Phantom as this angry bully and this just he's just shouting through the notes. Patrick Wilson would have been a better Phantom. Oh, I love Patrick Wilson. Great guy. Bullies. Um, so, 1985 in concert. Did you enjoy this little documentary, Will? I think it's I a, I think it. it's a it nice really little great. time capsule. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Mm. Nice to see some die. Mm. Yeah. Um, we return to this thing of, yeah, the definitive recording. It's what we talked about all the time with the original cast album of Company documentary. Mm. And he just didn't get He wasn't allowed it with the original uh, Broadway cast recording of Follies. And so he had to, he wanted this. Uh, we get some familiar faces. We get Elaine Stritch, and we'll get to another familiar face, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but um, yeah, let's you know. Uh, so let's start here. I had the camera. Oh yeah, okay. So, did you notice who was narrating straight away? No. Let me try. Let me let me try again. Let me try again. Uh, I'll, I'll I've got it on my laptop. Because I was like, oh, who is this narrator guy? This guy sounds familiar. And then it ended and it said, narrated by Roy Scheider. And I went, oh, my God. <laughs> it was a bigger twist than this. And then I immediately <laughs> went back and just like watching Sixth Sense again and going, oh, no, 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 because they had that Valentine's dinner. And you skip back and you go, she didn't talk to him. She didn't talk to him. <laughs> I immediately skipped back away. It's Roy Scheider. It's Roy Scheider. Um, yes, and we start with uh, Roy Scheider describing uh, describing what Follies is, and obviously we know all of this. So let's talk about new stuff. So yeah, we, we get Sondag. And again, all the sort of stuff that we touched on last week with how the show was made, what he sees the show as, what the show is, blah, 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 blah. And then we meet Elaine again. <laughs> I heard the cameraman say move the bag I thought he was referring to me I mean if that's if that's your reintroduction because let's talk about Elaine this was her return to New York she'd been in London basically she moved to London for the company West End production and then she met John Bay uh, the man she loved for I think the man she married I think it was 10 years close to close to 10 years uh, he unfortunately died of cancer very, very, very tragically and very um, untimely. Um, but she stayed in London for so long. She did uh, Neil Simon's The Gingerbread Lady in in, uh, in London. She did Tennessee Williams' Smallcraft Warnings in London. And absolutely excellent. We did a thing. Uh, Smallcraft Warnings by Tennessee Williams was a text that we did in my in my studies. And we did a extended improvisational exercise. It was called Gender Swap. And we literally were assigned different gendered roles. And uh, then it was this extended three hour improv. We literally made a big bar and it was oh, this extended great. improv. That and it, it was brilliant. And we all had, <laughs> and we, and literally we were all given things of, you need to break up. Uh, my thing was that I needed to seduce Stanley away from uh, thing. But I was playing Leona from Smallcraft Warnings, the Elaine Stritch role. And I literally, I'm going to send you a picture now, Will. But it is literally, you can, I just was allowed to be Elaine Stritch for, <laughs> for a three-hour extended improv. I mean, literally, Will, even the way I'm holding myself in this image here, <laughs> I'll show you it now. I'm literally wearing a big blonde wig, not unlike Elaine, and it is literally a thing of, oh, you can, you can already hear my exact voice. 
Um, there you go. <laughs> oh, fun, fun stuff. And uh, Will, why are you setting that as your lock screen? <laughs> the um, <coughs> and 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 she's just and and yeah. So I think it was quite a big deal. I think her coming back for this, and again, she just loves Sundance. Um, you know, when you, when you get great material, Steve, you know, that's, you know, I've always had dumb material, Steve, and now I can afford to go back. Then we flash to Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> Mandy Patinkin. Just on coke. Yeah, Ma Mandy Patinkin, known for his energetic roles, currently, <laughs> currently is doing this alongside starring in Sundance's latest show, Sunday in a Park with George. So this must have been a Sunday concert like they usually are. And he was like, the man was was doing seven, eight shows a week of Sunday in the Park with George. And then was like, yeah, I'll do this for you as well, Steve. Is there a, I don't know what the, I think the relationship with Mandy and Stephen is excellent. He's always yeah. been at every concert, but, They've never they never worked together again. Like after Sunday in the Park with George. No. Is there a is there a role for him? Are we missing something? I I could see is I I, I could I see him as um, a big revival what, of Sweeney could work. I think in the nineties could have worked. Really? Oh, in the nineties. Oh, I think I, nine. I, I think a nineties revival of Sweeney with Patinkin could have worked. I could However, see oh, as either well nowadays a baker. In Woods, or at the time, uh, Cinderella's Prince Wolf. Yes, that would have been good. Arrow! Well, we know yeah. what he can do when he um, does the dog. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. A rough owl, there's a dog at my knee. A rough. Um, but uh, many putting in. Oh, because the you know the eighties revival of Sweeney Todd was with. I think it was the first major New York revival. Bob Gunton. That's <laughs> 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 a rolling. Um, yeah, so the, Mandy Patinkin performing the only way you can, playing both, all three roles. Now, this was the first recording of Follies I'd ever listened to. And so I'd always thought that's how the song was meant to be performed. <laughs> and I'm going to say it here and now live. You prefer it. I much prefer it. And not because I'm an ego-driven bastard and would love to, and that's the only way I would know to um, perform, perform the song. <laughs> But that's undoubtedly for me the best way the best way to do it. However, of course, that's a tall ask. There's not many people. Even Mandy runs out of breath by the end. Give it to me. I don't want it. I don't want it. Black, white, wrong, right. He <laughs> like starts running out of breath, which of course aids the performance. It's this manic mania running out of breath thing. Um, do you prefer it this way? Um, yeah, because I think it's it's. It, it's it's very in character that sort of um, especially when we when we get into Loveland and it's sort of him showing off. I think it's very him. I think the the big reason it's never been done like this again beyond this concert version is because of course it's it, it's not as follies accurate as uh, the original. Um, conception of uh, Buddy's Blues is with those with you know uh, the vaude the vaudevillian being chased by these two ditzy girls. That's yeah. that's the you know like the typical vaudevillian follies number. And so, um, but I am amazed that there's never been one single product. Maybe I'm I mean I'm pulling this out of my ass. There probably has been, but like there's never been one major production that has kept that idea of 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 doing it that way. But well, who knows? 
so this is directed, this was directed um, for the stage anyway, by Herbert Ross. Now Herbert Rosswell is a name that I don't know if you'll know, but you definitely do know. So we talked about him as choreographer for Anyone Can Whistle and, and Do I Hear a Waltz, I believe. Um, however, you'll probably know him better, Will, as a film director. He directed Steel Magnolias. He directed The Turning Point. He directed Last of Sheila, the uh, Sondheim Anthony Perkins murder mystery. And he also directed a little film, I don't know if you know it, Will, called Footloose. And... <laughs> oh, um, I love Herbert Ross in this. He's very lovey. He's very, he's very, he's he's missing a cravat though. He is missing a big cravat. He needs the Thomas Z. Shepherd cravat. But this is the thing. Have I sent you my cravat? A picture of my cravat. Don't show me, Will, if it's in curtains. I I am seeing curtains live. Uh, I'll leave it for a surprise, but you're going to love my cravat. You're going to walk on stage, dead silence, and go, Morning, everybody. Ha! (laughs) (laughs) Just from the back of the audience. I, I do get a dramatic entrance. I'm not on till like 25 minutes. <laughs> Gentlemen, you intrigue me. <laughs> <laughs> what is your opening line, Will? Um, it's it's heard from off stage, and I go, "Is there no limit?" <laughs> I think you should come on and go, "Gentlemen, is there no <laughs> limit?" And just stand there <laughs> just... and don't say your second line for a lot. <laughs> wait for applause. When I went to see Sunset Boulevard on the West End, obviously West End audiences don't clap no. when people when people come on. Like that's just not a thing. And Glenn Close, who I think it was her West End debut, and there was a thing where she was like, the first incredible line, uh, Norma's first line in Sunset Boulevard, is this incredible line of, "Oh my God, what is it?" You there, why are you so late? And then the score swells and it's incredibly powerful and it's wonderful. And you could hear her going, you there, why are you so late? (laughs) That's why it built, it slowly built. But it was like, this is so weird. And when we watched Gypsy, I, I noted, I could hear them clapping when Imelda walked through the stage. But that was because, like, she's walking through, and it's like, oh, this is Imelda. And also, yeah. by that time it was being filmed, it was a dead. It was a um, ticket to. It was a ticket to kill people for because, like, it was this thing of this is the greatest performance we've seen on the West End in years. Blah blah blah, which it was. Anyway, um, I love Herbert Ross in this very, very lovely darling. Oh yes, fabulous. Um, if you come close to the microphone, they can't hear you. So you gotta, you gotta do yeah, this. I've got that written down. You gotta do this. Um, very good. And then, well, we'll get to the best Herbert Ross moment later. But <laughs> um, why don't they do more big concerts? Like, I mean, they. I'm talking out my ass again. They do these all the time. But why don't they more documentaries? Mm. That, like, there's just yeah, more documentaries and and, and all that sort of thing. No, I I don't think it would work though. It's very. It's a very of its time thing, 80s, 70s, because now it would just be like, imagine the, because obviously they did the Les Mis, that's now sort of concertized, isn't it? Imagine yeah. that, it would be like people going, oh, hi. Everyone nowadays are much more drama student. Kids. I think the big thing, and you find this with D, the first batch of DVD commentaries, Nobody thinks this is going to last a day. Like, original cast album company. 
what was that going to ever see the light of day? Like, how was it, you know, that was going to see maybe one, this was going to be on TV on a Sunday night and then never seen again. And I mean, this doesn't have any really scandalous moments captured, but it is that thing of like, people didn't think, and it's like I just said with the DVD commentaries, people didn't think anybody was going to listen to these bloody things. And like, you can hear it in a lot of them, but now you're right. Everything's so sanitized. Like they did make a documentary about Hamilton, didn't they? Yeah, and and it was and it, and that was more so a documentary of interviewing everybody and talking about the history of the show, blah blah blah. But it was it was it's all very sanitized. I agree with you. Um, but also, for as you know, who knows? In in fifty, well, no, Mike, Michael Bowl and Alfie Bowen, Elaine Stritch, Mike Figures, they're not. They are in their talent and popularity. Michael is. Yeah, no, in their talent and popularity, but not in like a fun. Could you have a Sunday Sunday night piss up with Michael Ball? I could. I could too, but like like a nice dinner. Oh, I, th- I think I could have a nice dinner, but then I think uh, we get back <clears throat> to his, mm. and um, and there'd be there'd be more people there. Um, uh, <laughs> And it would just be like drinks and games. And I feel like eventually his laugh would just become overbearing. <laughs> <laughs> Shut it. Stop it, Michael. I'm seeing a girl now. And I haven't told you this yet. Well, no, you know I'm seeing a girl. But she has she has an incredible Elaine Page laugh impression. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's very, very good. I'll, I'll have to record it for you. Because I've never been able to do it. I, I mean, I know verbatim the, the mild prince at the Drury Lane Theatre from 1902. And then two years later, I was there in Evita. <laughs> <laughs> it's more but, like a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I can't get the laugh, that's the problem. Yeah. I, know the, I know the gag yeah. when I was in Evita. <laughs> You'll break a legs. Um, that was great. Doris of the day, love it. Um, here's a question: I don't know this. What was Elaine's Doris of the day? The week Doris Day died. Um, I don't know um, this. I, I don't know. It, it must have been Kesarazara. Does she still do it? Do, does she still do Doris of the day? I don't think she does. Give her, you know. Well, the last time I listened to it. Last week, <laughs> the kids, the kids, the kids must have complained. Yeah. Um, sometime in, in this, he's, he, he's organizing the chaos segment, and everybody comes in, everybody just pick any song, pick any pitch, and the orchestra is going to be do, doing the same. And I love that this is another thing with these documentaries and like catching these moments. I love the way that sometime describes the fight that describes the final chaos. Ben's head is exploding, the music is exploding. That's the sort of things that you that you wouldn't really get in. in um, some sanitizer. Well, maybe you would. I'm sure Lin Manuel Miranda's talks about his stuff. I love Elaine mouthing along with everybody's roles yep. and songs. <laughs> They're great. Hey. She think like she's just miming along with everybody. Doesn't matter whether it's who's that woman or whether it's like live, laugh, love or anything. 
Um, so for this Rain on the Roof, they brought in uh, Adolf Green and Betty Comden, uh, who were screenwriters and music writers of their own. They, they wrote the screenplay for Singing on the Rain. They wrote the music for uh, the book, sorry, for On the Town. Just an ingenious little idea yeah. of, um, you know, uh, and, and, and Sundown clearly enjoys that idea yeah. of, you know, we're going to bring them in this time as performers. Um, a delightful version of Rain on the Roof, dare I say. Yeah, very nice. Mm. What was your favourite performance of these of this show? Um, I, I liked Mandy Pitink. Yeah. But I also liked um, the song that um, George Hearn did as a duet. The, the love song. Too Many Mornings, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, thought yeah, that yeah. was my, probably my other favourite. No, I, I, I agree. That's very beautiful. Uh, I think I'm going to actually swap out the version of Too Many Mornings we have currently on the Sundown Canon for mm. this version. Oh, lovely. I like George. Because I want, because yeah, I like having one from each, mm. uh, like recording and all that and all that sort of thing. But then also, like, the version of Could I Leave You that I want is Janie D, and the version of Losing My Mind that I want is... Um, Imelda. So I, I like that's what I want. So I have put in those two. How do you feel, Will? Have you after listening to all the recordings now? Is well, not all the recordings, but many of the recordings. Hmm. Are there uh, what version of losing my? This is a nice little tangent. Definitely Imelda losing my mind. Yeah, and and definitely Janie D. Could I leave you? Yeah, yeah. Um, is there a particular? I'm still I, I, for I'm still here. I've put Elaine Stritch live at Liberty. Yeah. Have you listened to the Sondheim song canon yet with the updated Follies tracks I put on? Or? Not with the Follies. No. Um, what a good little playlist we've got going here. I have to say, this is all I've ever wanted, um, and it's going to be very weird because we're going to be taking. We're going to be. You're, we're not. The audience isn't going to be taking a break. They're still going to be coming out as they are, but. Um, we're going to be taking an extended break of, of, of around four months. And so it's going to be weird to only have up until Sweeney Todd on there. And I'm going to be listening to that playlist for like months without any Into the Woods, without any Assassins. It's going to feel weird, isn't it? Mm. It's going to feel weird. But we'll get there, Will. We'll get there. Don't worry. And then we'll have a lovely completed Sondheim Song Canon forever. Um, what's next? Ah, Paris. This French woman, <laughs> Lillian Matevik, the script I never read. I only read my song. We, well, now I have written and Will has added jokes, additional material to a script that, uh, uh, where we have an outrageous French character. There are certain things that R. Maurice has said that are not unlike what Lillian Matevik says in this. The script I never read. I only read my song. And she's talking about Paris. She literally has just learned yeah. her song. <laughs> and then later, she's like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, she forgets and she goes, uh, uh, and then they go, Beirut. And she goes, ah, oh, yes, I know. I've written it on my hand. I always forget. And then, I don't know if you noticed this, in the final performance, she looks at her hand. Did you notice this? <laughs> she looks at her hand. Now, I don't, and then she does this thing where she looks at her hand and then she does this flamboyant hand gesture. Now, I don't know if that is just the choreography she has come up with or whether she's trying to cover the fact that she's just looked at her hand for the sunshine. That's all it has. 
But ah, belly. And I don't know whether she's literally looking at her hand and going, gesture to cover, but who knows. Broadway baby, the concert pianist begins. Elaine, no, 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 we do it slower. Yeah. And Herbert Ross, yes, yeah, sorry, sorry. He doesn't know Elaine, he doesn't know. This is my other opinion. This is my favorite version of Broadway Baby. I yeah. much prefer it. Maybe it's just because it's I like hilarious. singing it. It's absolutely hilarious. She gets laughs out of this song that aren't there in yeah. any in the speedy version, or if you do it. And that's another thing where if I was staging follies, I would immediately say, no, take it, slow it down. I mean, I'm just a Broadway baby, gets applause, and then the first. Oh, oh, hilarious laugh. And, it, and it, 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 it's there, it's in the text. You've just got to perform it that way. And also, at my tiny flat, there's just my cat. A bat and a chair. It's just, it's just very, very funny and very sensational. And she looks great in that dress. Um, Carol Burnett, let's talk about Carol Burnett. Will, I am a tremendous fan of Annie 1982. Do you share in this love or, or have you not seen it in a long time? Or have you ever seen it? Yeah. I come to the, I, I genuinely think every time I watch it, I'm going, well, this is one of the more underrated movie musicals, I think. I love Annie as a musical. I think. So do lots, I. Lots of people are, oh, Annie, it's just, a, it's great. Annie's, Annie's great. Annie's wonderful. I saw Will in a production of Annie where did, you played the butler, didn't you? Uh, I played the bellboy. Ah, Rizal. right, right. So you didn't <laughs> even play um, um, Cecile will pick out all your... What was your line in I Think I'm Gonna Like It Here? Or did you not? Oh, no, that was, yeah, I was the butler in that. I'm Cecile will pick boy. out all your... I was your also clothes. the male boy. Blue is the best colour. No, red, I think. Your bath is wrong. Oh, sorry. Oh, um, when you're through, Mrs. Pugh comes to take it away. Was that you? Do it for his now, Will. When I cannot. I when, when, when the moon hits you. <laughs> yeah, I think you should have done. No, I love Annie. And that's another one where I think the film makes cuts and adds songs that are better than the original. Because, like, A New Deal for Christmas is so weird and just a bad, weird ending. Yeah. Why not just end like the film does with, either, uh, you know, um, I can, I won't do, I, I, what's it called? Annie, I don't need anything. Annie, yeah. Annie. <laughs> oh, I she's like the shine of his shoes. Wearing <laughs> in the blues, that's great. I love Annie, love Annie. Um, one more kiss. Um, I think Zondheim has a great emotional attachment to this song. This was the first song he wrote for the show. And I think when he sees these older, retired opera singers and these new young starlets, these new young opera, soon to be tremendous stars, I think it's quite emotional for him to see the song performed in exactly the way he always wanted it to be. Um, yeah, that, that's what I've got. That's what I'm here. Um, what I love, right? You want to talk about the joy of a rehearsal room? The rehearsal room run through here of, um, oh, sorry, 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 one minute. We just went on a rant about Annie without talking about Carol Burnett. 
<laughs> who is sensational as Miss Hannigan, and here does what a brilliant rendition of "I'm Still Here." Mm. Um, it's not going to top Elaine for me, but what a what a brilliant, brilliant rendition! Perfectly doing the comedy, perfectly doing the drama, and perfectly doing the singing. Um, you want to talk about how great rehearsal rooms are? How glorious was watching the atmosphere of everybody going up and doing their songs and everybody clapping? That's great. I think there's a big thing, um, specifically with a show like Follies, where everybody gets their due and everybody gets their song. And so there's no boring politics of, oh, here comes Will again. Will's got another song or something like that. But just seeing a joyous rehearsal. Yeah. And, and then Barbara Cook talks about it. We've all known each other for so long and we all know the good times and bum times we've all had. And she's getting emotional. And she says, you know, I get a lump in my throat just talking about it. And it's such a beautiful thing. And um, Elaine says it later. Never in, has there ever been a night like this? Has there ever been a night like this? And it, and it is this glorious thing that, uh, that's been captured here on this documentary, this, this incredible thing. Then, and I heard his voice before I saw his face and I was, <laughs> here he comes, Thomas C. Shepherd, the king. <laughs> Hi, Elaine. Uh, oh, and he does have another great Elaine line, which we'll get to. Um, did you recognise him straight away? I did. I, he, he, he needs more hair, but I did. I, I recognised him especially when, when his name came up on the screen. I, I, I absolutely Again, adore him. Again, lacking a cravat. Yeah, where is his cravat? I hate the 80s. <laughs> Goddamn 80s. Um, the... Yeah, the, then the then we then Elaine tells that joke about you know we you know uh, the a nine year old couple are coming to a divorce counselor, and they said why did you wait so long? We wanted to wait until the kids were dead. Great joke, and then she literally takes a cigarette drag yeah. after. <laughs> um, Shepherd organizing the chaos scene in the booth, and he's organizing the things. He goes, we need to get rid of Stretch because all you can hear is Stretch going Broadway, baby. Yeah. <laughs> And it is a bit like on the original cast album recording, where suddenly you'll just hear Elaine go, telephone calls. And, and you know, she's tall enough to be your mother, Goliath. God, I love Elaine. If you could play any one female role, Will, I mean, we, all we've talked about this show so far is how I'm born to play Mama Rose, I'm born to play Phyllis, I'm born to play um, Joanne. And... Mrs. Lovett with you as Sweeney, is if there was one female role well, that you wish you could play in all of Sunday? Oh, oh. Ho, 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 ho. Uh, uh, Baker's wife would be fun. Oh, yeah. I think Baker's wife gets slept on. She gets forgotten about. She does. By the by the Prince. Oh, very good. Oh, Still not over it. Is that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love how because you played the baker. I, have, have we actually said that out loud yet? I'm sure we have. We must have. You, you definitely have. Um, <laughs> halfway through our Schindler's List episode, did you know I played the baker? Uh, uh, the um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, I love how when we're talking about moments in the woods, you're going to go. Well, yeah, no, it is. It is a very funny. It's a good song, but it's also very selfish, and uh, <laughs> it's also a very cruel song. 
sorry, I've never seen it that way. Well, you know, well, you wouldn't unless you've been there. You go, what do you mean, <laughs> been there? Um, I love Roy Scheider coming over the narration. Herbert Ross now is leaving the concert <laughs> for a prior engagement and just wearing his sunglasses. He bids farewell to the production team. Okay, bye, everybody, bye. Just leaving completely. And I don't know what engagement he has, but, like, why? God, come on, Herb. Um, I love Elaine. But, like, in the hustle and bustle before the show starts, that's another thing that this documentary yep. captures so well, is that joy in hustle and bustle of before a show starts. And Elaine, oh, it's Fun, isn't it? God damn it. I think she hates how much she loves it because I mean, I uh, listening to hours and hours of interviews with her in her show, crippling stage fright. And it's a very hard thing, and you know, alcoholism and all that sort of thing. And you'd you'd just say, you'd just say, Well, if it's so much of a horrible thing for you, stop doing it. But it's that thing of it. It's the greatest feeling in the world, and you know, a round of applause, or or, yeah. or in, uh, to be in a comedy and, and have that raucous laughter build and build as the night goes on. Um, doesn't mean I'm going to fake laugh if I don't find curtains funny. Well, um, you know what will annoy me? Are there people that are there people between us? Well, this will come out after the curtains, and nobody watches this anyway. Are there moments where people say really funny jokes? Because it is a funny book. Are there people? Are there Times where people say funny jokes and butcher them. Um, not so far. All, all the the directors making sure very, very well that all the jokes land, which is very good. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I, I, yeah, I, I think it will make my night if I actually hear you laugh. <laughs> well, I'm going to be wearing cravats and some, I'm going to be wearing inside a cravat and sunglasses and uh, carrying a fake cigarette. <laughs> I'm going to be the old Swedish mother in Girl with the Dragons of as you're smoking in the hospital. And the woman goes, you cannot smoke in here, madam. And she just goes, and looks at her. <laughs> I don't even smoke. I, oh, I could have a flask with a martini in it. <laughs> just shaking <laughs> the audience. Well, every time I speak. Yeah. Oh, great. I love, I love humour. Uh, the French woman looking at her hands, yeah. Um, I love rain on the roof. Builds, builds. Yeah. Arpery, builds, builds, builds. And the whole thing is building up to, building into Broadway, baby. And it keeps going. And then, right, however, here, rain on the roof. Builds, builds, Arpery, builds, builds. And then, dun, 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 ba-da-ba-dum. You wait. You wait for me to walk the whole stage. <laughs> Get my round of applause. And then you could, it's, and then I've put here needle drop silence. I'm just Broadway, baby. And I, I mean, it, it blows you away. Not really talked about Barbara Cook here yet. Absolutely beautiful voice. Lovely. And yeah, yeah. Uh, just a tremendous Sally. Uh, she is like Broadway royalty, original cast album of She Loves You, original cast of. Um, the museum man. Don't, don't, don't mention it. Gentleman. Gentleman. Um, uh, and she's beautiful. This, this girl could have played. This play. Barbara Cook could have played every single person in this production today. Hi, guys. I've got COVID again. That's great people on the stages. And, um, you know. <laughs> um, Lee Remick. 
Uh, we've not, again, we've not talked about Lee Remick. What a wonderful performer. Lovely, lifelong, uh, well, yeah, lifelong friends of Sondheim. What a wonderful, outrageous turn of the back into the audience before Could I Leave You? Um, and then I put Mandy storming on, go, and I've just put, here we go. Hello, everybody, how are you? <laughs> Going, okay, okay, Mandy. <laughs> I love Remick doing um, Story of Jesse and Lucy with her, presumably, anyone can whistle Boa <laughs> from her playing, come, come play with me. And, uh, you know, this outrageous for the boat. And then the Weissman ending. What is this Weissman ending and the reprise of Waiting for the Girls? Just so weird. Andre Gregory coming on as uh, Weissman. I don't know. Didn't work. It's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird that, um, it, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Again, know. I've talked about this. I talked about this yesterday with. Um, uh, I talked about this. Boys and girls. Oh, I talked about this yesterday with. Um, not yesterday. Whatever. Whenever we record Dark with. I can understand why. Um, what am I? What am I even talking about? Oh, I can understand having a happy ending. For the concert, that's fine with me. I can, because you know, like enjoy the songs, sing the songs, and also for the performers, it'd be very hard in a staged concert for them. Like, can you imagine Barbara Cook having to just drop to the floor in that beautiful blue dress? I left the dishes in the sink. And we're going, oh, okay, Barbara, <laughs> okay, calm down. You know, I should have been dead all these years. Oh, okay. Talking about happy endings. Let's move on from the concert. What else? Any any other any other feelings on the Follies in concert? Just a lovely time capsule, not unlike um, yeah. Documentary cast album. Just again, yeah. Um, yeah. I like at the very end. Um, there's just um, you know when they're bleeding through the the barrels yeah. and and then the backstage. Door, there's a great great shot of George Hearn and Randy Whitaker just downing champagne. Goddamn <laughs> right. Another lovely late moment. You come here to get some nude chats. You want some nude chats? <laughs> Love her, love her, my idol, love her. Let's talk about the London Cameron Macintosh production. This is how Sondheim always talks about it. I remember stood, I remember the original production. I stood at the back and said, I love this. Why does everybody hate this? And then I went and saw the London production and I said, I hate this. Why does everybody love it? And Diana Rigg is sensational. Julia McKenzie is sensational. The wonderful late Linda Barron is wonderful. And, and, and everybody's great. But the text, I just don't know why they like. We've talked, we talked about this, and we ended up talking about it more last episode. But like, could I leave you instead of? But I've done that already, or didn't you know, love? It's weirdly changed to, which I might have already, and you'd never know, love. So I think of, no, this is her moment. This is her moment to cut him down. And, and, and as we talked about with the with the affair and, and she doesn't go through with it with a waiter, maybe she hasn't had an affair at all, but she wants to cut him down in that moment, which, uh, 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 but I've done that already. Oh, didn't you know, love? Tell me, how can I leave when I left long ago? And it's that thing of, even if she's lying, she wants that state. She wants to, she wants to say, no, Ben, I, I have power here too. Um, instead of Jesse and Lucy, there's a song called Arbor Underneath, which is nice. And it uses some of the same jazz riffs as Jesse and Lucy. It, it still has the and it's just the exact same 
themes of, oh, but, you know, there's these two women and they're, they're the same. It's just not as good. I, I don't like it as much. But there we go. And then instead of Live, Laugh, Love, there's Make the Most of Your Music, which is set to the music of Tchaikovsky and Grieg concertos. Yeah. And... Yeah. And it's like, okay, this is a good song, but why is this here instead of Live, Laugh, Love? I don't... I, I just... To me, it just feels pointless changes. The, the entire album, for me, felt very piano-based. It was very plinky-plonk. Well, that's another thing. Like, it was a cut-down cast. It was basically Cameron McIntosh. It was McIntosh. a cut-down pit, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was Cameron McIntosh putting on a commercially viable production of Follies. Yeah. Happy ending. Everybody can leave happy. They might even come twice. And... Some, you know, and, and Live, Laugh, Love is, is, isn't, isn't a man breaking down anymore. It's this triumphant operatic thing of these piano concertos. And it's a cut-down pit and it's a cut-down score. Sorry, and it's a cut-down um, cast. It's a commercially viable production of Follies. And I don't want, like, I, I, you know, I, I, so many times here we talk about, you know, lamenting... Um, the loss of sort of big budgets and all that sort of anyway, but it comes down to a simple thing of for me, Follies is a story ultimately of nothing but scale, opulence, and grand operatic tragedy. You've got to go fully in, mm. and there is only one way to stage Follies, which is big. Sondheim in the collected lyrics hat box, which I've been reading to you uh, throughout, says at the end of his final note on Follies is, I wish it was produced more. Now, these came out early 2000s, I believe. And then since then, he's had the Encores concert, the, to, the Broadway revival, this National Theatre production. And Follies has had sort of a second life, um, returning to its original um, concept. And so I think I'm quite, again, we can get quite upset nowadays that all of these things are in the context of him passing. But I think I'm quite glad that he saw a, a return to the original big... Did he go and see the NT one? The, I'm going to send... Uh, well, no, I don't need to send you it, but it's, it's candid footage of somebody shooting the bows and Imelda steps forward and he goes, thank you so much, everybody, for coming to our first preview. And I would like for us now to congratulate and applaud our composer, Stephen Sondheim. And he's, and he's sat there on like the front row. And again, he's so humble. He just stands up and he goes, no, no. And he's clapping. He, he, he loved that. He loved it. He absolutely loved this yeah. National Theatre oh, production. Um, yeah, very. He loved Imelda. He, he loved the Sweeney Todd production. Um, and then there's an I love the interview. There's an interview I watched. I can't remember where, but he's talking about he wanted her to do Gypsy, and so then and then the way he talks about her singing, everyone's coming up roses. I think I mentioned it in the anyway, but it was like you should hear the way she sings, everyone's coming up roses. And and I, and I think um, yeah, very very powerful stuff. Very powerful stuff. Uh, let's end our time with follies. Looking to the future, will. In January 2015, it was reported that Rob Marshall, director of Good Films Chicago and, oh. ba and Bad Films hey. Into the Woods 9, Mary Poppins Returns, <laughs> um, is set... You're not like Mary Poppins Returns. No. 
upside down, flippy floppy, upside down. Oh, was Meryl. <laughs> yeah. Well, here we go. We're set to direct the movie with Meryl oh, Streep yeah. rumoured to star. Uh, Tony Award winning playwright and Oscar nominated writer uh, Scott John Logan expressed interest in, in a film adaptation. Um, so let's talk about Meryl Streep. So obviously she'd be playing Sally. Or yeah. would she play Phyllis? Because she has pulled, as we've seen in Death Becomes Her, she has pulled off that sort of... What? Oh, my God. Mamma Mia reunion. Christine Baranski as Phyllis. Meryl Streep as Sally. Julie Walters as um, Stella. Who's that woman? Oh, Sony. <laughs> okay, lose Julie. But I think there's a possibility of actually getting Christine Baranski for Phyllis because she's a big enough star now to actually put her in the lead. Yeah. In the, in, however, in November 2019, it was announced that Dominic Cook, director of the National Theatre Production, will adapt the screenplay and direct the film, having directed the uh, successful 2017 and 2019 Follies revival. Now, I was quite trepidatious. Follies is this huge thing. We, Hal Prince, the greatest theatre director of all time, maybe, only directed one film, A Little Night Music, and it was absolutely terrible. And we're not even giving it an episode. It's so weird and bizarre and terribly filmed. And so I thought, oh no, Dominic Cook could be bad. But he has directed two movies. On Chessel Beach, the Shersha Ronan, Domino Gleeson drama. It's quite nice, it's quite nice. But last year he directed The Courier. Absolutely oh. Oh. excellent. Yeah. I loved The Courier. And the I quite Courier. literally sat down for The Courier going, this is your Follies audition, mate. You better win me over. <laughs> because, of course, people won because people are interested in what I think and would not put on uh, a, a Follies film without asking me. <laughs> but I was like, oh, come on, please be good. Please be good. Because if you can pull off this big war film, well, no, it's a paranoid thriller. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. If you can pull this off, come on. You can, come on, Dominic. I was rooting. And it was great. Loved Korea. I thought it was very underrated, actually. So I'm, but then also, we're in limbo. I haven't heard anything since that first announcement. So is that, a, is that one of these announcements that through COVID has just completely fallen flat? I have no idea. Well, in a dream world, I think Imelda Staunton has got enough name clouds that he could cast her as Sally. Yeah. I unfortunately don't think that Janie D has enough of a film star name, and I think you could put Christine in there. Yeah. Any any other cast and then I uh, any any other castings you want more? Let's talk let's what about Ben? What about Ben? Oh, what about Ben? Um Looking for like, Jesus, uh, like fifty-year-olds, sixty-year-olds who have a bit of singing capability, have that suaveness. It's a tough game. It's a tough. We always play this, and it's quite a tough game. Um, yeah, type in six. Type in actors in their sixties. And read some of these names because I'm happy with our women. I'm happy with Sal. Yeah. I'm happy with Imelda and Christine. So Have let's. Oh, Tom Hanks. I think they they will offer it to Tom Hanks as Ben. Yeah, that I could see that. 
But then yeah, I, I, I wouldn't believe him as a philandering bastard. The time I saw Elvis Presley. Was... <laughs> yeah. Kurt Russell. What about Kurt Russell? Could Kurt Russell sing? Uh, yeah. No, too, too rugged. Not suave. Um, Give me another actor. Give me another actor. Eddie Murphy. As, as who? I, I'm just naming actors now. I know. Betty, <laughs> Chevy Chase. The... Um, <laughs> Liam Neeson, George Can Clooney, no. Oh yeah, George, George Clooney as Ben. How good would that be? That would be great. But then also, oh, and George Clooney and Christine Baranski. Oh, oh my God, that's a power couple. Wait a minute. No, Bruce I've got Willis? it. No, I, no, I've got it for Ben. A reunion of Chicago, Richard Gere. Oh yeah, yeah. That would be really, really good. Oh, because we because he can do the suave businessman with a dark edge. We know that. Yeah, Richard Gere would be great. Tim Allen. As Buddy. <laughs> Wait a minute. Why don't we have Will Ferrell as Buddy <laughs> again? Um. No, I. I, I can... Kevin Bacon. No, no, no. I'm seeing, no, I'm not seeing that. Um, J.K. Simmons. As. Oh, maybe as Buddy, maybe John Goodman, Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, Billy Bob, Billy Bob get him in everything. Um, Mr. T. Here's <laughs> <laughs> Brosnan. Oh, it could work. Me, I like to love. Me, I like to love. Me, I like to love. So when you're near me, darling, can't you? Colin um, I think we're he just going. Great. I think we're just going down the. Oh, Hugh was Ben. Oh yes. Hugh. You not you've not watched the Undoing yet, have you? No. Absolutely excellent. And Hugh Grant is American, and oh no, he's not American, is he? He's British. Fuck. Can Mandy Pinkin as? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Right, but. We could play this game forever. I think Richard Gere, Christine Baranski, Imelda Staunton, and Eddie Murphy or Tim Allen. And uh, the here's my question: Do you think it will get made with Dominic Cook? Because no. three years is a long time to win nothing. I know COVID's shit. Matthew Broderick. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I want to be... Anyway, right, that's it. That's it. We're, we're stopping this game now. We're stopping this game now. Um, that is it for Follies. Will, I'll go on. Ray Liotta. <laughs> Ray Liotta. <laughs> I could see Ray Liotta as... No, I couldn't. What about Robert Redford as, as Dimitri yeah. Weissman? I want to buy your wife. What? <laughs> Sorry, Dimitri. Say that again. Blow movies, movies. You're quite attractive. <laughs> um, well, it's been a pleasure. I'm so happy to bring you into the world of follies. Thank um, you. Next up, we have A Little Night Music, which is another great, great show that I greatly admire. Love A Little Night Music, and I think you're going to love it. And this is A Little Night Music is actually another case, not unlike Follies, where you know absolutely nothing 
apart from he losing my rich uh, from sending the clowns. Um, absolutely sensational. Well, I can't wait to talk about Leonard Music Well, um, Follies. Here's to us, these beautiful boys. Da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-